in this society, we are really heavily pressured to believe that productivity is related to money and, and success is related to money. And neither one of those things are necessarily true. Like success for you doesn't have to mean being rich or, or having a successful like multi-million dollar business. It can just as easily be waking up and doing what you love every day. Like if you wake up and you don't dread going to work, I think you're successful. Yeah. Like that's just my opinion. We started our product photography agency in 2021 because we wanted to create a work environment where we could finally show up as our whole authentic selves. Now, we're hosting conversations with other entrepreneurs and industry professionals on how they were able to do the same for themselves and their clients. We believe that there's no separating business from emotions. Welcome to the Sensitive Business Podcast. We're your hosts, Nisa and Tabari founders of Ginger and Carrot Productions. Let's get into it. We are back on the Sensitive Business Podcast. And for episode two, we've got a fun one for y'all. We had the privilege of talking with Scarlett Rockwood. She's a content marketer and social media strategist for the most interesting niche, y'all. She works with pet businesses only. That's her niche. This was such a dope conversation because on one hand, I was like, man, this is going to be off the wall. But on the other hand, I was like, there is something about niching that is such a gripping topic. People are so scared of focusing in on their interests or the community that they really care about. And Scarlett found a way to do that, not only authentically, but in a way that aligns with her values as well. She is the owner of Fur Social and the founder of Fur Social Academy. So she not only helps pet industry professionals with their online presence, but she also teaches them how to market in order to get these amazing pets adopted or cared for. This was such an interesting conversation, y'all. So animal lovers, this episode is for you. Grab your pups, grab your kittens, and cuddle up. This is going to be such a fun conversation. Let's get into it. Awesome. Yeah. So welcome, Scarlett, to the Sensitive Business Podcast. Yeah. We're super happy to have you. Yeah. Amy, thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, of course. Um, we love to ask our guests when they first come in, how are you? Good. It's been a day. It's been a day? <laughs> it's been a day. Um, but, uh, <laughs> one of those things where like, you think you have everything planned out, mm -hmm. and then like 80 other things happen so that you don't have a single spare second of space. <laughs> yeah. But we're getting through it. <laughs> yeah, we had a day like that yesterday. <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, four things in a day. 10 p.m. I'm almost done. Like, <laughs> then we forget that we got to like take breaks and take the dog out and eat. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely been like a standing up over the kitchen sink eating kind of day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to meet us off camera? Yeah. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> okay. So, what do you fuck with? 
So I am a social media specialist and marketing coach for the pet industry. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I help people grow their business using various different forms of online marketing, not just Mm -hmm. social media. Um, But my passion is really to help more people who are in the pet industry impact the lives of pets and the people who love them. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of my clients, it's really important to me that our focus is, um, on the pets first and then the people second, as much mm-hmm. as we are working with people directly, the ones we resonate with are the ones who they recognize that we're putting their pets health before making things cheaper, or we're putting, mm-hmm. you know, their pets understanding and happiness over training that's easier for the person to understand and things like that. So that's kind of where my jam is when it comes to uh, the niche that I work in. I haven't always worked with pets specifically. I used to work with any small business. So I've worked with coffee shops and retail stores and landscapers and doctors. Mm -hmm. And at one point I had a client who happened to be a pet business and everything just kind of clicked in a way that it never had. Mm. with anyone else Mm. and i just realized you know these are my people this is where i'm supposed to be working Mm. that was a perfect segue to my Mm. next question because just as like a question 1a (laughs) how did your passion for pets come up was it the experience that you had with this client or have you always been an animal lover I've always been an animal lover. Um, I begged for a pet when I was little until I was about five years old and we finally got our first dog. Um, And I've had pets ever since. Mm -hmm. I've had dogs, cats, rabbits, birds, ferrets. Wow. (laughs) Um, And I work really closely with our local rescue Mm -hmm. and used to actually work with our local pet store as well. If they had an animal in that needed a little bit of extra care, even if it was something as small as like this hamster got attacked by another hamster and now we can't sell it until it heals up a bit. Will you take care of it for a while? Um, I was not prepared for it. (laughs) Today I learned that. I never even knew that they fight each other. And I guess, I guess, of Of course course they do. do. Yeah. Who doesn't, you know? (laughs) But, uh, it was nice because there were like a lot of pet stores, especially with like hamsters and rabbits and stuff like that. If they get hurt, or if they get sick or something, like yeah. they just become snake food. Um, so it was nice that this particular store was like, you know, they still do that, but they're they're not gonna just automatically give up on an animal when mm. there's someone they're just willing to foster for a little while. Mm. So that was really nice. And then I work with the local shelter as well to do um, some social media training and things like that to help them make their pets more adoptable and kind of market the pets themselves so that you know more people see them and fall in love and come adopt. So can you talk a little bit more about the social media piece and essentially how did that become the the catalyst for being able to work with the animals the way that you love, but how did that piece come into the puzzle? It's actually kind of backwards from a lot of the people I find in the pet industry because other people I network with that are, you know, service providers for pet businesses, whether it's a coach or social media or a VA or anything like that, most of them loved pets and started doing something else in the pet industry, like Mm -hmm. a trainer or a groomer or a pet sitter, and then shifted into supporting the business Mm -hmm. by being an employee or owning a pet business. For me, it was the opposite. I started out as a marketer 
and then kind of found my way into the pet niche and just mm-hmm. decided to live there. <laughs> <laughs> I figured out that was where I really wanted to be. Um, but I came, most people come with like the love for pets and then they learn marketing around it. Whereas for me, it was, I had the love for pets, but I had learned the marketing outside of it. And then just kind of once I realized they could both go together, that's where I ended up. Wow, that's so cool. I think it's, <laughs> that's a common um, thread with a lot of like entrepreneurs is that they were doing something and it was okay or it was fulfilling enough or maybe they, you know, it was filling at first and then they changed. And then something came along. It is, they, it is this like movie moment kind of rom-com cute thing that happens when you're like, find what you wanted to go or you discover it or you sometimes happen upon it and you're like can i just do this and you start to like move in that direction and then once you start making a decision to do a thing and pursue a thing it kind of like needs to like to say you take a small step the universe takes a big leap <laughs> so as long as you start to like pursue a certain thing and put your in- intention and your energy towards the thing you start to realize like how could I do anything else? You know, like, this is like where I need to be because it was similar for us when we, because Nisa had a a food blog and great food blog, RP. (laughs) And she was getting, she was doing like more photography and just like wanted to play her creativity. And I was kind of, was similar. I was working on a short film at the time and I had just gotten a new tripod and she wanted my help with the tripod on a shoot. And so we go there, and it's funny, too, because we talk about this. Had I not gone, we don't know if we would be here now. And that's, like, over a year ago. Yeah. And so we went, and we discovered – we already knew that we t- took the top. We both did photography. But working together in that place in that time gave us this, like, sneak peek. Kind of like you're working with the my company. You have a sneak peek of what could be possible. And so we started to figure it out bit by bit. And – now it's like, how could we have been doing anything? Else? Like, I know there'll be a time where I'll be like, kind of like how my time out of the restaurant industry mm-hmm. is like more than my time in the restaurant industry. Yeah. It's like, what's it going to be like when our time as entrepreneurs yeah. far exceeds the time that we spent? working in the nine to five. Like I always wonder that feeling like when it becomes like a distant memory. Yeah. Yeah. I got a little while. I got another nine years though. But <laughs> I'm not quite there yet either, but I, I do get that distant memory feeling because yeah. I've had my agency for a little over nine years or a little over seven years now. Mm-hmm. Um but I started working so my mom has her own web design business, which mm-hmm. is how I got into online marketing in the first place. So I started working in online marketing when I was thirteen. So my, when, by the time I was 23, I had 10 years of experience as like an office manager or mm. an office assistant. So that, those are the types of jobs I was getting, the um, like someone's assistant type role at whatever corporate business. Mm. And I was enjoying that because I learned from that that I really like being someone's right hand and making their job easier, mm. which... Surprise, surprise, that's what marketing is too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I worked for fitness probably about 13 years mm-hmm. as like office manager, office assistant stuff, type stuff. So I'm not past that yet, but seven years ago still seems so long ago. Yeah. Right. Like when I don't, unless I have an early morning meeting, 
um, I, most days I just wake up like without an alarm and, and I have to like remember sometimes like, Oh, I used to like not be able to do things when I wanted to do things, right. not, not be able to just decide to go have lunch with somebody on a five minute notice. Like mm-hmm. man, entrepreneur life is just so different. Yeah. <laughs> I used to work, I used to be up at 5 a.m. to get a job at 6 a.m. We didn't see each other a lot. You know what I mean? It's, I was doing that, and she was working a job like 9 to 6. And that job was also like 9 to 6 slash 8 o'clock. You know what I mean? It was like <laughs> in parentheses. And so we like, had we kept on that path, that path, we also might not have had the strong relationship as we do now, where we yeah. had those memories. And... <laughs> To quote Courtney Kardashian, it's not about the money, Kim. It's about the memories. <laughs> I cannot believe how often you are quoting Courtney Kardashian. I didn't do the voice. It's, I did the voice in this time. our lives. Like, there's that one scene. Everybody knows, like, maybe not everybody knows this, but it's, mm-hmm. it's for anyone who has had an ear to the ground or mm-hmm. even gets their content recommended to them with the mm-hmm. Kardashians. People know that Courtney is like the least on board with the family <laughs> shenanigans. And always there's clips that circulate the internet from the show where every single member of the family is like, Courtney needs to get on board. Courtney needs to be a part of this family. Yeah. And she needs to like do her part and da da da. And I was like, wow, how much pressure must that be? And Courtney's <laughs> argument is always, we literally don't need to work. Yeah. We are rich. I just care <laughs> about my kids and the memories. And she's like, it's not about money. It's about <laughs> memories. And she, I feel like that might be the only member in that family that I can actually get behind because you'll notice there are whole seasons where she's not even on the show. Like, and it's so interesting to see those clips circulate because you're like, wow, like, she's got a point. (laughs) Like, it doesn't have to be this constant grind. And so I shared that information with Tabari and he just (laughs) ran with it. Ran with it. It is is so true. And I I hadn't heard it because I don't follow anything the Kardashians do. But, Mm -hmm. like, it is something that in this society, we are really heavily pressured to believe that productivity is related to money and, and success is related to money. And neither one of those things are necessarily true. Like success for you doesn't have to mean being rich or, or having a successful like multi-million dollar business. It can just as easily be waking up and doing what you love every day. Like if you wake up and you don't dread going to work, I think you're successful. Like, yeah. that's just my opinion there. Like, if you're happy in your life, that is what success means to me. Um, and yeah. that's kind of what I shoot for in my agency and with my team and making sure that everyone, you know, is meeting their personal goals, whether that is a dollar amount or it's uh, a time schedule that mm-hmm. they want to work their life around or whatever, you know, is happiness for them. I love that. It was a good point, actually, because you mentioned this a bit earlier about how you just wake up, and we do the same thing, and that was a lesson we had to learn maybe two or three times <laughs> to stop putting meetings at 10 a.m. necessarily. So we work from, like, noon to 5, noon to 6 sometimes, and that works the best for us because that's, like, when 
unless it's like a shoot, sometimes we'll do a photo shoot earlier in the day, depending. Um, but I call it to happen at a certain time. So I'm curious in what ways have you, I guess, really preserved your ability to get your rest and have some flexibility in your schedule and you're seven years in. So I guess talk a little bit about, can you talk to a little bit about that journey of how you start to put your meetings at certain times or about like how you, how you build your lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. yeah. So for me, the learning process was all about recognizing that like, as long as I get the work done, it doesn't really matter when. Mm. Um, yeah. And I started out having that mindset of like, all right, we're getting up, we're working eight to five because that's what a job is. And even though I'm working for myself, that's what I should do too. Ooh, yeah. I have coffee delivery. I'm sorry if you have to cut that out, but I just got. <laughs> oh, magic. Oh, oh you're, a magic, you're a magic fan. I just got into magic. <laughs> well, uh, up until about a month ago, I was a level two magic judge. And so was my husband. That wow. Was I'll keep he my... just got his first deck. You won't be seeing Aww. me there. I'll but... keep my questions to myself for now. Like, off my... <laughs> for the Part end, two. Yeah, maybe my uh, Magic Gathering podcast, I'll have you be a guest. <laughs> uh, I... That would be great. But, yeah. um, sorry, what sentence was I on so we can cut that cleanly? No, you're good. I, I'm, I'm going to leave this in. This yeah, I might leave that in. <laughs> this is so... so, when I first started out, I felt like I had to stick to an eight to five. Right. Um, kind of schedule or at least try and over time I realized you know I'm sitting here watching TV at 2 a.m. and I feel like working so I'm just gonna work while yeah. I'm watching TV or something and I once I learned that like my mind is gonna make itself up for when it wants to be productive mm -hmm. and I just listened to it things got a lot easier mm -hmm. because struggling to be productive at a time that is a normal job time period between eight and five if i'm mentally just not there you know at a normal job you're getting paid to be there so like you just fumble through yeah. but that's a problem with productivity and why i'm so on board with so many people going work from home now and switching to a mindset that isn't paid by the hour because it is a lot better when you can work when you're at your best. Right. So I actually have um, something that I call a time study, and it's a master class I have available. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, very beneficial at the end, but during it, I'm just like, I, it's too much. I'm too aware. <laughs> I have too much knowledge. Just like I it's always so clarifying. It's, it's, I love doing time studies. Yeah. Yeah. Time studies are great because, uh, you know, like at the end of, I do it for about a week at a time usually. Mm. At the end of that week, I know, oh, this is why I feel like I'm not being productive. I slept four hours, then 14, then zero, yeah. then eight. Then zero. <laughs> My sleep is off. Or, oh, this is why I'm not productive right now. I haven't eaten in 20 hours. Or like, because I track everything, not just the work hours, but like the whole 24 hours, mm -hmm. how much sleep I got, how much time I spent with my husband, all that gets put in. Um, and at the end I can see, well, I feel like I didn't get a lot done this day, but the next day I got 14 hours of work done or, you know, I got this task that usually takes me four hours done in an hour because I was hyper-focused and that really helps me to know not only whether I do, where I do need to adjust my schedule, but also, um, it helps me get a feel for 
tasks that I repeat over and over again, how long they're going to take me so that I can schedule out ahead of time when I'm planning my goals in a realistic way and I don't overwhelm my schedule. Right. Not have a work-life balance because I told myself I could do more than I thought I could Mm -hmm. because I didn't know how long something was going to take me. Mm -hmm. Um, I also, like, I schedule my meetings. uh, I have my meetings open from, like, I think 9 a.m. to 6 Mm p.m. in my local time. So if someone schedules that first slot, I'm okay getting up at 9 a.m. And I kind of, I've thought about moving it down, but there's a couple (laughs) reasons I don't. One is there are people in different time zones that I work with. So I Mm want to leave some spaces available for them. Um, And then other reason is sometimes that is my alarm clock. (laughs) So like someone, (laughs) someone said a meeting, I guess I have to get up and work tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, even then sometimes I have to take a meeting outside of that because of time zones or availability, Mm -hmm. but I always send them to that schedule first. And then that way, um, I'm not working too early in the morning and I'm not working past the point at night where mm-hmm. at, if I am working past 6 p.m., I'm doing it on isolated things and I'm not peopling, for lack of a better word. Right, exactly. That's a whole different <laughs> energy level uh, than like working on my computer while I watch TV. Yeah. I think for us, it helped to have, it did help for us to have meetings from noon to is like noon to four or something like that. Mm -hmm. People don't like end of day meetings. And then most of our clients being West Coast, it was like perfect for them because they could have it in that late morning timeframe. And then for us, it's like, even if we are up, we can just kind of have some like personal time and Mm -hmm. like actually make breakfast and do some of those things and keeping it on certain dates. Cause I was like, I can't have discovery calls every day of the week. And we found that just, consolidating them on one day so that on that day I didn't have to worry about if I was going to like do my group coaching on that day or Mm -hmm. if I was going to like do some personal development work or have a photo shoot and having to switch from selling the product to like delivering to another client that Mm -hmm. was like really hard so it was a lot of trial and error of even figuring out like what feels the best and whenever we come Mm -hmm. across a day where we were like that was like a great day yeah (laughs) <laughs> then we like kind of evaluate why was it a great day because we spent the whole day talking to people and playing mm-hmm. the podcast was it great because we had a photo shoot mm-hmm. was it great because we didn't have anything scheduled and we had a lot of time to think and plan mm-hmm. and so being able to like create that structure and repeat it again gave us like productive weeks because every single day we didn't yeah. have to do every single task and every single air in our business every mm-hmm. single day like right. having like a day of the week that's or maybe two days at most mm-hmm. dedicated to those types of things really helped us to be consistent mm-hmm. um and the, it feels weird it feels like you're not doing enough at first but then when yeah. you look up and you see the results you're like oh we did all of that in such a short amount of time where mm-hmm. before i didn't even have a chance to even think about it right Yeah, that's very true. Blocking off, like, different days for, like, different themes or areas of the business has been really helpful for me, too. Like, I don't take meetings on Mondays Mm. because I have a group coaching program, and every Monday is dedicated to my group coaching program. Whether it's, like, the meeting that's happening or the masterclass I'm creating for that month or Mm. scheduling out emails, like, reminder emails for the students to make sure they make it to the meetings and all that Anything that needs to be done for the masterclass, mm-hmm. anything like marketing for it or um, 
just really anything that's group coaching program related happens on Monday. And I don't take meetings on Mondays. Tuesday is only a half day uh, open for meetings because uh, we've already established I am a super nerd. Um, <laughs> and I host Dungeons and Dragons session on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I work half a day on Tuesday and then kind of shift gears into that in the, in the afternoon um, mm-hmm. so that I'm ready for it by evening. And um, yeah, so making sure that you don't just make yourself available eight mm-hmm. to five Monday through Friday or right. even, even beyond that. Uh, a lot of mistakes with early like entrepreneurship and especially that I made myself is feeling like you always have to be available. Yep. Yeah. Email comes in at 10 o'clock at night or an email comes in on a Sunday. You just immediately have to answer it. And mm-hmm. like you, learning not to answer an email was probably one of the, one of the most important things early on for me. Like, yes, this is important, but the, the solution to whatever you're asking me isn't going to make a difference whether you get it now or at right. twelve o'clock tomorrow. And you probably not. You might not have also. People spent ten emails and are not respecting expecting that response right away because they might have said that and they're like, "Oh, I'm, I'm done for the day. Let me send an email real quick, and now I'm off." And then we can find ourselves stressing or just like when they didn't you even know, need that answer. It's a lot about knowing when to apply pressure when to move fast, like what's urgent, you know what I mean? What's the quote? Like what's urgent is really important and what's important is really urgent. Yeah. The kind of thing. It's like we we know that people need responses at certain times and we know who needs certain responses like right away. You know what I mean? As long as you stay on top of that stuff, we know that if we if we do a shoot today, um, for the next twenty four hours we have to just be lookout for our client because they might have something to say, they might need might need this, might need this. Around delivery time is kind of the same thing too. Um, by delivery, I mean delivery of the assets and photos and everything. And some days it's like we talked to them earlier today and everything is cool. Nothing's due until next week. At 7 p.m. email came in. We already walked from the way from the desk. I will check them <laughs> to see what's going on. That probably that doesn't like stop. I might check them like before like I get to do something else. Like we we like to have these kind of debrief, debrief sessions after, like, like most days. Some days isn't really, we don't really need it because we kind of just, like, I don't even to talk about it. It was a nice day. But some days we just need to, like, recap and kind of talk about well, what we did and what we want to, how we could have done better or just go over what happened. And then we also took two in that moment. We talked about how we felt about everything. Like, how I made, not how I made her feel, but something I did, how she reacted to it and vice versa. When we had that on that call, like did it seem like we were both the interview levels were there? How did things go? It's kind of this like retrospective of each day and it helps us to like both of us. We both have, we both want and need separate things before we log off for the day. And that is a, a way that we discovered that satisfies both of our, our brains to be like to that feeling of productivity, that feeling of like, okay, I wrap this thing up and now I can move to the next task. Even if I have to, even if I'm gonna come back later tonight and do some more work because I'm just like ready, I'm feeling it. You know, yeah. that's the rule for us too. Is like if if you want to do something because you have the energy, then you just you just do it. If you feel compelled to go do it, you know. Versus, I gotta get it done, and they're gonna call. Like we have to talk about why we feel so pressed to get something done or to do a task. And sometimes nothing to do with that, but just let the person just go do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it is like we. We benefit from having each other to like that check and balances 
I do really like the, I check myself before I anxiously respond to an email. Like, mm-hmm. even if it's time to check the email, yeah. if I feel this, like, anxiety or pressure around it, mm-hmm. I take a, a second, like, can I get to it in an hour? <laughs> yeah. You know? And if I can, then I will, because a lot of times I'm worried about what the email might say, or I'm worried that it's going to be negative, and I'm like, oh, God, like, and it kind of brings back those old feelings of you're in trouble or something's wrong and I try to like get out of that and then come back with a calm mind with the expectation that it's it's not a fire and it's it's not an emergency nothing we do is ever an emergency because we're photographers (laughs) so it's like reminding myself of that then I go back to the email expecting it to be at least neutral Mm -hmm. or positive yeah and then I'm it's like okay but if I check the email when I'm in that state Everything I read, I'm going to interpret it as a disaster. And I'm going to be like, oh, my God, they hate us. They're going to fire us. And it's like, (laughs) literally, they asked for something so small, you know, and it's, but when you go into it with that lens. So sometimes I have to, like, even check, like, I don't know, my mindset as I'm reading. Like, when you're upset, everyone is attacking (laughs) you. Everyone is against you. But when you're cool and you're happy, then you can, like, really be open for, like, feedback and response yeah you really do have to like be ready and take like recognize when you take a step back and process something yeah um whether it's an email you haven't even opened yet or if it's one that you open and then you're like i don't know how to respond to this um (laughs) (laughs) and it's understandable like some people may think you know people who have traditional jobs probably like when i was an office manager i was never scared to open an email like what are you going to do? Right. <laughs> what are you going to do? Tell me that my meeting notes weren't long enough. Like what? Who cares? Yeah. But like when you're an entrepreneur, that email could be something small. It could mm-hmm. be a great testimonial. It could be, Oh, you're losing out on a $2,000 paycheck every month now because mm-hmm. I'm canceling. Like right. you never know what it's going to be. And when it is something that, you know, is an email you were super happy to get. Yeah. I think it does benefit taking at least a little bit of time to sit and think about how you're going to respond so mm-hmm. that you can respond not from a place of lack or fear, but mm-hmm. from that place of knowing, okay, who you are, what you bring to the table, and whether they appreciate it or not is on them. Right. So even if it is a client canceling or a client who's unhappy with something, like as long as I come from a place of service and like, I, I want my customers to feel like they are happy. Like, mm. they are happy with my work and they are getting results. And sometimes they're not getting results because I need to adjust the strategy. Sometimes they're not getting results because they need to take action on something that they need to do in order for me to do something else. Um, but either way, I kind of shift into coach mode now. Mm. Right. And I get an unhappy email and I'm like, all right, how do we fix this? versus how do I defend myself? And I think that makes a lot of difference. Um, And when I do still feel defensive, I have, uh, I'm not as lucky as you guys. My husband is basically my business is IT, but otherwise he wants nothing to do with social media. He doesn't (laughs) have a Facebook page. So uh, he's he's not as closely working with me every day as you two Mm. are, but I have a, a work bestie 
who is a brand strategist in the pet industry that I met uh, almost two years ago now. Mm. And we message every single day. We're accountability partners. Um, And she's there for me to blow off steam and get like an outside perspective sometimes. And she's the perfect person for that because she is not at all one to pull punches. So if I tell her something happened, she's like, oh, screw them. They, you know you have a right to feel upset about this, but how do we customer service this answer? Right. Or just as happy to be like, Hey, you're being a child. This customer is right. Go fix it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just ready to tell you the truth. And that is what I need personally. Yeah. I need a business bestie like that. Cause yeah. I have some acquaintances that I'm like, we're getting to know each other. We're mm-hmm. meeting up for coffee here and there, but I need somebody that I can talk to daily. And that might take yeah. some time, but like, it, it gives you that coworker feel of like yeah. when we were. That's the one thing I might say I miss about my time <laughs> having that person that you know was on Slack ready with the response. Like, did you see that? Oh my god, I saw it. <laughs> and it like it helps you get through the day. And I realize like as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. having that person yeah. is beneficial as well. Just that little outside perspective. <laughs> I think. Yeah, no. Go ahead. No, I think to that point is a great segue into this other question, which is our. Get off your chest. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, is there anything you? Because um, we're, we're right now. I feel like we're talking about. We talked about a little bit more about what we wanted to do and how we structure things to make us be ourselves at work or allow ourselves to have the space at work and to show up and do things before and after work and to integrate into our life. Um, I guess what are things about not necessarily being an entrepreneur. But I guess what are the things that you don't fuck with? Things you like stand against? It can be about your business, but yeah. it can also just be things in life because those things integrate in our business too. Yeah, for me, it's a line of traffic. But you need... <laughs> I mean, the obvious answer is probably going to be anyone who is it's just a dog. Kind yeah, of, kind of, those are not my people. Mm. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if if you think it's cringy for someone to say their dog is their baby, then we're probably not going to be friends. <laughs> Um, and, and I'm not going to lie. There are people who are cringy about it. Like if you're carrying your dog around in your arms upside down with a diaper on 24 seven, then you probably do need to adjust your, your <laughs> expectations space a little bit. But most people who consider themselves dog moms mm. are just really great dog owners who love their pets. And that's yeah. kind of, um, they get a lot of flack for, you know, not having outdoor dogs who aren't allowed on the couch and, you know, not. Um, I mean, having like situations where they don't want their dog to be home alone when they mm-hmm. go on vacation and um, like things like that. I'm like, these, these are, it's hard because my, a lot of my close family are these people yeah. and are the dogs belong in the backyard people. And I'm just like, we can't, we can't talk about pets. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing so hard because you're describing us with the, like Ginger has a Ginger's our dog, Pitbull Terrier. She has a spot on our big couch where the blanket is and she sits there. Every now and then we're not watching, she'll keep on the side too, but we always make an effort. And if we we'll, we want to sit with her, we're gonna sit on her side of the couch and then she can cuddle up with us. And we have but she's not allowed in our room. She has a I have my own office and it's a like an old love seat that she used to like sleep on when it was like in your place. She comes up, she'll come in the room sometimes and just hang out in there in the back of the house. 
Yeah. And <laughs> she's not an outside dog. Not we, at all. We have tried to give her time outside because she's not cut out for that lifestyle. Yeah, we we have this little like tie out. I screw into the ground and let her sit outside. Sometimes middle of the day she just like to go lay in the sun. But then after like ten minutes she's like, "Get me inside right now." I. I miss yeah. y'all. There's this little like section in the carport. Yeah, she can And we know we didn't even know that this was possible, but like from where the tie out is, it's long enough to where she can sit in the carport. Yeah. So she'll like when she's ready to come inside, she'll just wait there. She'll she'll walk <laughs> all the way up and sit there, not say anything. Maybe she'll do a little bit of a bark, but she'll just stay there and literally wait for us to notice that she's no longer. In the yard. In the yard, and instead <laughs> waiting essentially by the door. She's like, well, if I stand here, they're going to let me in. And she's not wrong. She's that is wrong. what happens. But it was like the first time she did it, I was like, oh, my God, she's just sitting right here. Like <laughs> like somebody knocking on the door waiting for you to answer. Like, yeah. it's so funny. She's such a yeah, little they're, they're smarter than we give them credit for. There are some Ooh. dogs, I think some of my favorite ones to follow on Instagram are the dogs who have the buttons. Where oh, they'll they talk and they, and they'll like literally put together their own form of sentences mm-hmm. and they'll tell you they want to go to the park or they want to you know they want a treat or whatever and it's it's great it's like they can literally learn a a fundamental basic level of English and nothing insane yeah I have to tell you those videos are so eerie to me <laughs> there's something maybe there's the ones I've seen but seeing this this dog be like. Bunny said, "Dad gone." I can't, I. Oh no! <laughs> and the dog's like, "Oh no!" We need to watch more. I think my favorite ones. ones are the ones where they let you hear themselves talking back because they will learn the dog speak mm. to talk back. So you just hear a human on the other side, like this woman answering that by saying, "Dad work, dad home soon." Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like. This is, this is great. That is so cute. It is so wild. I'd be so scared to find out what Ginger has to say because she always has this very deeply concerned look yeah. on her face and she always just looks like, is everything okay? Like, yeah. I feel like if she would ha- be able to speak, that's what she would constantly say. <laughs> like, and I'm so scared to, like, find out you still how love me? scared she really is. Right? I'd be like, everything's fine. <laughs> We don't have a dog right now. We have a rabbit. His name is Houdini, and he's a house rabbit, so he doesn't, like, his cage door doesn't close. It's just a litter box, and he has free roam like a cat would. Yeah. Um, and I am also scared to know what he would say, <laughs> uh, because he's probably a jerk. <laughs> I love him to death, but he is uppity. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh my god. I want to agree with a friend of mine. He's another dogs. reason we don't need an alarm clock because he wakes us up every morning. To jump um, in the bed? Was to get fed. He jumps up in the bed wow. and he, he'll like nudge us and like sometimes he'll like chew on the end of my hair to get my attention. Wow. Sometimes I'll just wake up and there's a bunny face right in my face. Wow. And he's waking us up for breakfast because he knows then we're going to get out of bed and go feed him. Mm-hmm. Um, and. I don't know how he learns this behavior, <laughs> but yeah, we can't sleep past 10 or 11 o'clock 
and sometimes we get it as early as six or seven in the morning. Yeah. And it's just like, bunny, please. I did not You're realize not you could have. I didn't realize you could have a bunny free roam in the house like that. I was, I was, I, I don't know, because our friend had one and she had a, a whole room, room for dedicated, the, and like the cage took up the like whole perimeter of the room. Destroy the cardboard. Right. <laughs> And so it was. I learned a lot from her, but yeah. I was like, "Oh my god, can you imagine having a little rabbit like bouncing around in the house?" <laughs> it's great. Um, yeah. You do pay the price in in terms of like you can't have nice things because they will chew on wood furniture and things like that. But <laughs> if you're, it's kind of like having a cat and expecting them to scratch the sofa every once in a while. Like yeah. if you if you accept that, or you just don't have a lot of wood furniture you're attached to, I guess. Um, then it's really great. It's, you know, he'll hop up on the couch and come, like, start looking at my ankles, which Mm. is bunny affection, (laughs) because grooming each other is, like, that that final sign of, like, a bunny being properly bonded to another rabbit. Uh, So, like, if they lick you, then you're in. (laughs) Wow. Uh, I feel that. Because when I lost your hair, it was like, we we together. (laughs) I guess that makes sense, even yeah. with dogs, too. Wow. Yeah, we're very fortunate because Ginger is mild-mannered. <laughs> she doesn't destroy things. If she misses you, um, she will grab one of your shoes or something and go put it in her little bed and hang out with it. But she won't chew it. She'll just hang out with your, like, flip-flops. Like, when we first started dating and I would, like, go to work and come out and hang, back out, hang out, it was, um, I might leave some stuff over there and I would come back and it would be, like, a sock in her bed or, like... My foot That's how I knew Ginger approved. <laughs> she started she started stealing your things. And I was like, it's official. And you were like, where are my slippers? <laughs> yeah. She hasn't done it in a, in, a, in a long time because we're with her all the time. <laughs> we're at home all like We're at home all the time now. She's just Working like, from home changed all of that. Yeah. yeah. We, we, let her, we don't put it in the crate anymore. Well. She decided she was done with the crate. She decided that on her own. Yeah. And so for our sanity in our marriage and our relationship with the dog, we were like, just, just roam free. Just like, just like, (laughs) well, it's fine. We'll take out pee before we go to bed. It's like, we'll just adjust because it's a lot to put it in the crate sometimes. We're like, oh, I put it in the crate. Is something going to happen? It's like, she's, she went to the restroom already. She's on the couch. Yeah. She's going to sleep. She's good. You know it went mean? well for the first two years. And then after yeah. that, we we tried to transition her out of the crate slowly. Yeah. But she wanted a faster transition. <laughs> She's like, I'm yeah. ready now. Put him in the game, coach. So That's how Gavini was, too. We When we first got him, we would put him in the cage at night when we went to sleep and then let him out in the morning when we got up. But we got to a point where, like, we were having to chase this rabbit around with a broom to get yeah. him to get in his cage. <laughs> and I'm like, this is not healthy for him. This like, is right. I'm not happy doing it, but it's also not not healthy and it's not a good environment that he is being physically chased around yeah. and then locked in the cage. Of course he hates the cage after that. Of right. He hates, he hates us. We finally got to a point where it was like, you know what, let's just see what happens if we leave him out all night. Because at yeah. that point, he had... Uh, adjusted to the house well enough that he was litter trained mm-hmm. and he's litter trained as well as a cat is. Yeah. So like it was no problem. There were basically any new surface gets peed on like once or twice. And then he figures out that this is not where that happens. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so like when we first got him, he got up on the couch, we had to cover the couch in towels because 
he had not figured out exactly where he was supposed to go yet. When we first got him, we got like a little step stool to make it to where he could get up on the bed. And once he was finally able to get on the bed, there were a couple accidents, but then they just stopped. It's like he figured out, all right, this is what the bed is for. Right. The litter box is still over there and we're good. Wow, that's inspiring. <laughs> yeah, I think that that right there, those similarities between us, um, shows how even outside outside of work, we try to incorporate people's feelings and how they might feel, whether or not we know how the, the animals feel. Yeah, we can like we can like assume that they're reacting like anxiously, or they're moving a certain way, or they can tell that they don't like a thing, and then trying to, and then moving things to give them more space to feel the way they they, they want to feel. And because he felt comfortable, I think that's so interesting. Like, because part of me was like, "Are we still talking?" But it's like that's that that um, the why, how we approach things, of like why we would always seek for peace and make sure everyone's feelings is, is like um, integrated into in, the system that they're in. Shows like how we, like, particularly mirrors how we approach everything, like, how we mirrors like the business and how we move and how we we're around people. Like, we bring a certain energy because. We work so hard to, to show ourselves, and some people that can be intimidating. But more often than not, people are like, "Oh, I can. I, okay, let me let me relax yeah. too. Let me talk some shit too." Um, I think that's a great transition to Bob's bangers and bus. Yeah. Okay. We I might first. need like a little jingle for that. Maybe. I feel like we need a little. <laughs> Bob's Bangers and Bus, like, Kid Fury sports shorts. <laughs> like, we need to, like, it's time for Bob's Bangers and Bus. Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe maybe the game show, inner game show host in me is coming out. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm in for that. Let's do it. Okay, so. Let's push this thing. Okay, so we're going to start with some easy ones. You want to alternate? Yes, alternate. I don't know about these. These might not be easy. We'll see. I'll start with some easy, and then we'll ramp up. We'll start first, and then okay. Cats. I mean, banger, absolutely. There's not many the animals where that's not the answer. Okay. Um, Bob's banger or bust? Sparkling water. Sparkling water bust. Uh, bust. Okay, so I'll caveat that to be if it's just plain sparkling water, where it's just got the carbonation, then no. But if it's like a flavored one, like clearly Canadian, or there's like another one called Clear American that's like a knockoff that are like grape juice flavor or like like sparkling, you know, white grape flavor or something mm. like that, those I really like. Okay. Okay. It's like, it's like a fruit okay. soda. Sorry. But if it doesn't have an added flavor and it's just carbonation, then I'm not in. That is so interesting because those carbonated beverages was the gateway yeah. for me to be able to just down the plain water because all yeah. I was looking for was the texture at that point. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Ketchup. Uh, pop. Yeah. Pop. Okay. Yeah. I agree. I'm in for ketchup with a burger and fries. I'm not a ketchup on eggs person, so yeah. I'm at the right spot. <laughs> she, put me on, she, she got me off of ketchup and now we, everything is mayo based now <laughs> like, <laughs> I was allowed to make aioli I was like well it's not ketchup anymore I guess I'm <laughs> um Bob's Banger or Bust spicy food oh Bust Bust I wow am, I am so wimpy like uh, I don't know if you have Zaxby's where you're at mm -hmm. but 
but they have like these 20 different flavors that start at literally wimpy as the lowest yeah. level. <laughs> wimpy is too hot for me. Okay, heard that. We, we learned recently that there are some people who have um, is it super tasters. Yeah, super, people have super taste buds or something. Highly, like, that. like more highly dense um, taste buds on the tongue. So for some people, it's like anything else, anything that's bitter is going to be like nauseating. And so I didn't, because we found it out very recently. I was like, you just don't like spicy food. Don't, 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 don't do that. I looked it up and it was like, oh, this is a real condition. This is like a real thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> people no, started I identifying with it. But like, I just can't enjoy any food if yeah. there's pain in it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, I've got a controversial one. Kids. Kids. Mm. Um, this one is hard um, because I love kids, but I also can't be around kids because I love them too much. Mm-hmm. Um, getting a little bit, a little bit serious for a second. I can't. I have been unsuccessful in having kids. Mm. So it has been, it, be, it got to a point where it was just like seeing any like toddler or mm. younger baby was like, if the kid is less than five years old, they're going to make me sad. I'm yeah. sorry. Mm. <laughs> um, and That's I've right. gotten better about it. Um, my, my husband's parents uh, actually fostered um, a couple of very young kids for a couple of years recently. Yeah. So being around them all the time made it a little bit easier. Um, but it is still kind of like, I love kids so much that being around them makes me sad because wow. at this point, um, I'm a type one diabetic and I've mm. got a couple of complications and I haven't been successful yet at 32 years old. So mm. I'm kind of at the point where just, I just expect it's not going to happen for me yeah. unless we decide later on to adopt. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, going back to the pets are family thing. It's a yeah. whole other layer for me there too, because Houdini really is our baby. Like he's, <laughs> he's all we got. We don't yeah. want to be right. <laughs> That's kind of feel about Ginger. Like we haven't, we haven't tried, but we've had the conversation multiple times. And every time we go around people, they're like, your life looks so good. And uh, so when's the kid coming? It's like, can I travel to the Europe first? Can I like go <laughs> visit Europe? <laughs> can I go visit Cape Town once or twice before I like bring a kid to this? Can I like have more experience? So yeah. So I would say, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I heard banger. Yeah, I heard banger? like, like, cause you know, one of my favorite songs is total eclipse of the heart and it's depressing <laughs> as fuck, but it's like, I like I get emotional. I'm singing it. It's like a whole thing. It's not like dancing or upbeat, but it's like very deep. Um, and I honestly can't really relate to the song either. I just <laughs> think it's dramatic and I love it. But I would say it's a banger. Yeah. 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 I think I'm. I'm probably a couple of mental health steps away from just being everyone's cool aunt and being okay with that. But yeah. I know that. I know that I've got some work to do before I get to that point. Right. That's what, true. Being aware is is the step. That's being aware the is the hardest part. part. Let me just be aware. Um, okay. Boss banger or bus? Despacho soup. Despacho. I can't do cold soup. That's uh, real. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I don't have a good excuse for that. I just don't. It's just like a thing that like doesn't sound appetizing to me. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, I I really like chicken noodle soup. Mm. And uh, I really like ramen. Of 
course. Um, and uh, what's the one that I get at that Italian restaurant all the Butternut time? Butternut squash? It's, um, it's like a creamy chicken soup. It's, mm. uh, oh. I can't even remember. I, the name is escaping me right now, but it's like, um, it's almost like chicken and like a dumpling kind, but instead mm. of being in like a gravy, it's in like this Alfredo style. Right. Oh, I think, I think I've had that before. Chicken gnocchi. That's what it is. Chicken gnocchi. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. So we'll put gazpacho as a bust. Yes, definitely a <laughs> bust. <laughs> and then the last one I will say, today's weather. My second to last one. Today's okay. weather. <laughs> um, I'm in Albany, Georgia, mm -hmm. which is only about an hour above Florida. And we are in southern swamp redneck territory. Mm. We're not in tropic like Florida is. So the answer is basically always gonna be bust. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say that I appreciate the winter being like winter is the best time for me because our our temperature is like between sixty and seventy and it's just comfortable mm. and it's not too hot and it's not snowing and as much as snow is magical it's also a pain in the butt when you actually live in it right. so so I'm really happy with winter but we also only get winter for like two weeks in December yeah. so um, <laughs> usually it's a bust. <laughs> that's funny because my literal next question I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're peeking off of my sheet or not but my next question was boss banger or bust winter <laughs> I mean yeah that's going to be banger because yeah. that's when I'm not constantly sweating and constantly and uh, I, I literally just talked about this I had a meeting with one of my students earlier today um, and she just opened up during the check in talking about how it's really cold outside so mm -hmm. she was waiting until it warmed up a bit to take her dog for a walk. And that mm -hmm. was why she was sitting in her jacket in her office. <laughs> and uh, talked about how, like, I'm so happy that our winter is just so mild. Mm -hmm. But in um, where I am, because everything is so hot all the time, everywhere you go inside a building is freezing. Because I got the AC blasting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm that weirdo who carries a jacket literally everywhere mm. at all times of year. So in July, I'm going to carry my jacket into the restaurant, put it on, and then take it off when I'm leaving the yeah. restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I know it's winter when I walk outside and I don't have to take my jacket off. Yeah. Right. That's a perfect balance. Do I have one more? No more, no more. Okay. Let's pick it over here. Let's see. I'm trying to think of a fun one. Mm -hmm. Cereal. Depends on the cereal, but banger. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the things about being diabetic is you learn to appreciate any meal that can happen in less than 30 seconds. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because if, when your blood sugar is low and you're not in the mood to go to like the medical tablets that they want you to take mm -hmm. for emergencies and you're at home and there's no reason to do that because you've got a house full of food, you still have to find food quickly enough because you're like literally shaking trying to stand up. Yeah. And cereal is great for that because I'm still like eating something a normal human would eat instead yeah. of some weird concoction of like. Sometimes I have to, like, I keep slim fast in the house because mm -hmm. if it drops fast enough, 
that is one way to get carbs in me really fast, mm-hmm. and especially with it like digestion wise being liquid. But cereal is something that is a really close second. It's just really easy to like just get in the bowl and be done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm picky about what cereals I'll eat. Of course. Yeah, what kind of cereal? And um, I mean, obviously the kind that no adult should be eating, the kind that kids like. <laughs> I hey, like cream. I like cinnamon toast crunch. You're in safe space. Like uh, golden grams are great. Um, but like my husband, he'll buy one box of one of those golden mm-hmm. grams or crave or something like that, and then a box of like life or Cheerios or something flavorless, mm-hmm. and then um, he'll eat my box first. So I'll be out of cereal, and he'll still have a box of cereal that he's happy to eat. Because I'm like, just buy two boxes of the kind you like. You like that kind better. Don't just don't Save just your marriage. Because <laughs> <laughs> we had to do that too recently. Because we started to get this um, in Atlanta. There's a um, this company called The Rounds, and they basically just come once a week and give you like non-perishables like snacks and coffee beans and toilet paper and, and, and such. And we start these put me onto these like pretzel covered um peanut butter peanut butter stuffed pretzels yeah oh pretzel nuggets i love them yeah and so i realized that we cannot have one jar in the house um we have to have two all the pretzels we have to have two and i was like just order two next time i was like we we, we used last one i was like order two (laughs) this week you know what i mean because that's how you i like those are the ways where like that's how you save a relationship because it's little stuff that builds up it's not like you didn't call me that one time because we're going to be at... you consistently <laughs> eaten 70% of our snacks, leaving the 30%. No, I don't trust you with snacks. Yes, I didn't even get a bowl of that cereal. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Like... Uh, so my husband's really interesting with that. He's not a snacker very much. Mm-hmm. He eats when I eat, what I eat, whether he actually wants it or not. Okay. So, like, for example, pretzel nuggets are not he's a huge fan of. Like, if I if, if you were to ask him, he would say, no, I don't like those. But if I'm eating them, he eats them. And I'm like, I thought you didn't like these. And he's like, they're in front of me. Okay. I'm not eating stuff I don't like. I just like, I just like a lot of stuff. <laughs> but I will, it, it is like, if I'm making something, something, if I'm grabbing something that's quick, fine. Yeah. But if I'm making, I find that when I make something for myself, You'll be like, and there have been a couple, usually I make enough for both of us because mm-hmm. I can predict this. But every now and again, I think I'm confidently eating for myself and mm-hmm. you've already eaten or you're not mm-hmm. hungry. And then you'll come back and be like, is there enough for both of us? And every now and again, you'll catch me and I'm like, there is not enough for both of us. And I took an hour to make this and... The house smelling good. Good luck. <laughs> 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 and you look really I should have said something earlier. Yeah, I, I have learned that if the oven or the air fryer comes on, I'm, I'm, I should be making it for two people. Right. <laughs> and if you're not going to eat it, then cool, I have leftovers. But 99% of the time, he's like, okay, yeah, I want some. Um, normally, I just ask him. Like, if I'm about to cook something, I'm like, I'll ask him what he wants to eat, or I'll tell him, I would like to cook this. Would yeah. you eat it? And sometimes I'm open to, like, if he's if it's like I would like to make chicken and mashed potatoes and he's like hmm, how about stir fry and I'm like okay 
Yeah. So at this point, it's just if I'm cooking, I know that I'm involving another person. Um, <laughs> he, he is slowly learning this. Um, so, like, he will just sit down and choose a TV show or get up and make some food mm-hmm. or go out and go pick up fast food or do something that, like, in most relationships begins with the, hey, would you like to? <laughs> yeah. And, like, he's learning slowly. Um, mm-hmm. Things like putting something on the TV, he still just picks whatever he wants, but he's not, like, going to pitch a fuss if I'm just like, hey, can we watch this instead? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but it, it has been a really interesting, like, thing, watching him learn, like, oh, there's another human sitting two feet away from me who might also <laughs> want to go to Waffle House. <laughs> Do you have, we have shows that yeah. we watch together and we yep. have shows that we watch alone and I'm even, I'm, I can't speak for him, but I go so far as to be very intentional about the shows that I know I want to watch on my own because yeah. if it's a show we have to watch together, then I have to wait yep, we have for to one wait, we yeah. can watch together. So I won't be like, oh my God, I'm watching the show. I'll be like, okay, I'm going to watch TV by myself and you can't <laughs> like this show because like, I'm going to binge it. That's how it happens. She'll watch the show. I'm like, what are you watching? <laughs> and then now you'd be like, oh, you're watching it without me? And I'm like, yeah. it was my show. <laughs> like literally real conversations <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we have those two. At, at the beginning of a show, if I get two or three episodes in and I think he might like it, yeah. I'll usually stop and be like, "Watch the first episode and tell me, so that I know if I'm allowed to watch this without you or not." Right. I, I, the same I, thing. Have, <laughs> I have shows where, like, I, I mean, like, I'll probably run four or five shows at the same time because mm-hmm. I have shows that we watch together that I have to wait for him on. I have shows that I watch alone when I'm working and not paying attention. Mm-hmm. And then I have nerd shows that are not in English because they're subtitled anime that I can't get the dubs for, and I yeah. have to watch it when I'm paying full, like, full, full attention. attention to it. <laughs> full attention. Yeah. So where can folks... Wait, but, oh, that's one. That's one. This is the this last one. This last, I, didn't, I didn't ask mine. Oh, we're, we're just talking. Ah. So, it's funny to talk about TV shows. My last boss banger or bust for you, Scarlet, is Star Trek. Oh, definitely banger. Yes. Basically, mm-hmm. I, like, this is going to be more controversial than anything. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a Star Trek I don't like. I That is controversial. The Star Trek fans are very well, upset fair, right now. I haven't watched a lot of Discovery, but I, my favorite is uh, DS9. Uh, yeah, Geek yeah. Space Nine is, is so great, right? Yeah. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched a lot of Discovery either, so mm-hmm. I guess I could say maybe I don't like it because yeah. I haven't really gotten interested in it. And Picard kind of lost me uh, yeah. at a point that I won't spoil for anyone listening who hasn't watched it. Fair. But <laughs> I, I really, really enjoyed it and was excited about it when it started, but it did it did kind of lose me at a point. Um, so I'll say the newer ones, it's not that I dislike them, but they, mm-hmm. I, I don't have a whole lot of desire or interest mm-hmm. to seek them out. But, like, all the classics are, yeah. you know, are just great. Yeah. Okay, great. You know, you know that yeah. moment where everyone stops speaking the language you speak? <laughs> like you're in somebody else's household and we're all English speakers and then Hindu comes on the table and you're like, okay, well, I did show up at an Indian person's house. <laughs> this moment where you realize that your partner and your guests are both speaking nerd and you can't <laughs> That's what happened. And you're like, I was like, oh, 
just plummeted to the ground. That's fine. That's fine. You, know, you, know, you have conversations around this and how I'm just like. That doesn't happen as often. It's funny. It's like that. <laughs> it's like that. Uh, it's a good burger. What's his name? Uh, Kel. When he's like reading the, the contract, yeah. he's like, oh. Oh, okay. Oh, look at the words. Point. He's like, oh. He looks at the camera. He's like, I know some of these words. Oh, oh, okay. Like, that's... <laughs> or like uh, uh, Captain America in like most of the first few um, yeah. movies. Give him a couple of minutes and he's like, I understood that reference. Yeah. <laughs> so Scarlett, where can people find you um, on the internet? Yeah. Off the internet, where do you like to be found? Uh, pretty much every platform that I am active on, you can find me under my name, Scarlet Rockwood, which yeah. is S K A R L E T R O C K W O O D. Um, and that is Facebook, Instagram, um, LinkedIn. My website is scarletrockwood.com. My email is scarlet at scarletrockwood.com. Keep it simple. <laughs> That's so real. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining. This yeah. was a good one. It was good one. nerdy. We talked about pets. We <laughs> talked about work-life balance. Yeah. It's going to be fun to come up with a title for this episode. Yeah. But I think it'll be good. One for the nerds. I feel like we have nerds in our circle. And I think they'll be happy, pleasantly surprised to hear this. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Scarlett. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks for <laughs> having me yeah thanks everybody for joining us on the sensitive business podcast and we'll see you next time we'll see you next time